Welcome back, dear listeners. Today we're looking back on one of our favourite books from our childhood, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Yes, that's right, we did read it again. Stay tuned to see what we thought. Okay, so today we are talking about our thoughts and our reread of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, which is very exciting. I can't remember the last time I reread it. Oh, yeah? I think it was probably like two years ago, maybe. That's definitely closer than I have reread. Maybe like one and a half. Uh, so we're just going to be going through the first book and just chatting about our thoughts about the reread, I guess. And I wanted to start by, okay, so I read reread this via the Bloomsbury 2001 paperback edition and the audiobook version by Stephen Fry and a little bit of the illustrated version. So it was a whole experience, I tell you. Um, but mostly it was audiobook and then a little <laughs> bit of the, the paperback. But on the paperback of the Bloomsbury 2001 edition, which is wasn't the yep. first edition because that was like 98 or 99, the little synopsis on the back says, Harry Potter thinks he's an ordinary boy until he's rescued by a beetle-eyed giant of a man, enrolls at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, learns to play Quidditch, and does battle in a deadly duel. The reason? Harry Potter is a wizard. And the whole thing, I'm like, does that really sum up the book? I don't know. Does he think he's an ordinary boy? Because I can tell you for sure, Harry, that you are not an ordinary boy. Even if you weren't a wizard, you would not be an ordinary boy. You live under the stairs. What is with calling Hagrid beetle-eyed? I don't know. That's the other thing. Because that's like, in the illustrator as well. I swear I've never read that before. Neither have I. Not and that I, don't I read even... synopsises, but... <laughs> no, but I don't even remember him ever being described as a beetle-eyed giant of a man. I mean, he's definitely giant. When we, when we first see him... I guess he does have little eyes, but it's probably only in Do... proportion to the rest of him. Yeah. No, it says he is twice as tall as a normal man, at least five times as wide. It is. That is a weird description. Shh. Um, and then he said he looks simply too big to be allowed and so wild, long tangles of bushy black hair and beard hid most of his face, no mention of eyes, Nope. and his hands the size of dustbin lids, and his feet in their leather boots were like baby dolphins. And again... Weird description. And weird description of Hagrid. But again, no mention of the beetle-eyed, which is one of the reasons I was confused about the paragraph synopsis on the back of this book. I'm going to quickly go to where Harry first meets him and see if he says it there. Oh, no, no, here you go. His face was almost completely hidden by a long shaggy mane of hair and a wild tangled beard, but you could just make out his eyes glinting like black beetles in all that uh, hair. <laughs> so it does say it. Okay. Okay, so it does say it. All right, Bloomsbury, fine. You can have that one then. I don't recall ever reading it, but obviously I've read it many times. Also, he doesn't really enroll. He just shows <laughs> up. Because he's been told. Yeah. Anyway. It's like, sure, I will go to this boarding school, which means I don't have to hang out with my awful aunt and uncle for the rest of the year. Yeah, and does he do battle in a deadly duel? Uh, I guess technically he versus Quirrell. <laughs> I guess so, but that's not a duel. It's not like a wizard's duel. No, the dueling club comes in the second book. Yeah. Anyway. We haven't even got into the book yet. It's like <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. But um, maybe they need to edit that. Maybe they have edited it. Now I want to know what's on the other ones. Anyway. 
Yeah, but if it's on the Doesn't Elstree matter. one, that's like one of the recent ones. That's true, yeah. It's not the exact same one, but it does say beetle-eyed Hagrid. Well, yeah, yeah. Beetle-eyed giant. Poor Hagrid. Well, my first comment was literally about the first line. <laughs> Me too, other than the one that I've just talked well, about. Yes. But inside the inside book. Inside the book. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Dursley of number four, Privet Drive, were proud to say that they were perfectly normal. Thank you very much. How cool is that first <laughs> sentence? Like, it's so weird, it's but it's so good. It's such a good first line. And I love it how it's, like, nothing to do yeah. about Harry as well. Like, the very first line of the entire season, uh, season series yeah, is just, not about Harry. <laughs> excellent. It's like, who are these people? I picked Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah, this is... Who is Dursley? So I just thought, that that's great. That's great. It is. I love that first line. And as I was, like, reading this first chapter... It kind of, like, surprised me at how kind of childish it sounded. And then I was like, this is weird. But then I was like, actually, first of all, technically aimed at children. Yeah, yeah. And, like, 11-year-olds, you know. But I just because I hadn't reread it in a while, mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this is... I had forgotten. Yep, yep. A thing that I noted was, do you read it in, like, the movie actors' voices? I think I would. Yeah. Because I was thinking spe- yeah. pe- specifically... Vernon at the start, like his mm. kind of words definitely yes. sounded yeah. like him. And then, like, through obviously throughout the book, I get met more characters and like Hagrid obviously sounds like Hagrid and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's just, just, just funny. Yeah, it's funny. How- obviously, yeah, like definitely. the first time we would have yeah. read it, it would have we would have made up our own voices for them, but now they're like the, the actors' mm-hmm. ca- characters. Yeah, they kind of like merge into yeah. one yeah. the characters. Um, something else that I had like forgotten was the whole, basically the first chapter. Yeah, basically the whole first chapter. Like, I don't remember Mr. Dursley like following Mr. Dursley to work. Yeah. Like, I just, it, it, like, I just couldn't remember. And then I was like, he sells drills. Yeah. Is that what he sells? And I was like, that is so weird. What? Okay, Dr- drills, and then like the whole where we follow him to work, and it, it just didn't exist. I love this chapter because it's like so, like it just reiterates like the first line. It's like they're so perfectly normal. Like yes, like uh, Mr. Drills. Dursley go goes to work every day. He goes out on his lunch break, gets a bun from the bakery across the street, yeah. and comes back and continues with work and. It's just so normal. It is so normal, but I forgot about it because it was so normal. Yeah. I think in my mind, Harry Potter starts with Mr. 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 and Mrs. Dursley of number four, Private Drive, and then it skips right to like McGonagall as a cat, you know, and that scene of her yeah. and Dumbledore yeah. like dropping baby because that's where the movie starts. Well, maybe that's the problem. Like maybe because yeah. I've probably seen the movie version more times than I've reread the book. Yeah. Probably now. So it's probably, yeah, like a combination of the things. Yeah, just completely didn't even... Yeah, yeah I can't believe you forgot that Dudley learned a new word. Shant. I know. <laughs> shant. I shant. Yeah. Yeah, that, that brings me to my next point was like, are Dudley and Harry the same age? Because like, it implies throughout the story that they're like the same age. But in chapter one, Dudley is like kicking and talking and Harry was just a baby kind of thing. And it's really confusing. Oh, yeah. I'm not an expert on how children grow. (laughs) (laughs) Surely if he's just like a couple of months older than Harry, he shouldn't be talking and walking and kicking and... Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Because what is a Harry supposed to be? Like a year old or something when he gets dumped off? I don't know. Because I 
I imagine remember. like how like the, like he's a little baby, like the movie baby, which mm. is like he looks like six months or something. Yeah. But wait, he must be over a year because he's had a Christmas. Well, this is what I'm thinking. So he's had a Christmas he's... and he got he got dropped off just after Halloween, so he would have been a year in like a month, two months, two months. Yeah. Okay. So like fourteen months. So he would have been fourteen yeah, months old, which I think is how old he is in my head. But but then if Dudley's older than him, maybe fourteen months. Dudley sounds seems like he would be fourteen. months. But even if he's like eighteen months, yeah, kids he are... would be eighteen months by how they described it. It's just that they the way they I just imagine yeah. it from how they describe it is that this like it's like this tiny yeah. baby has been dropped Rather off on this thing. But obviously he's not toddler. a tiny baby. Yeah, he is nearly a toddler. Mm. Okay, well. Thank you for solving that for all for me. No worries. I assume that's what we're going to be doing. Like, <laughs> I have this question. Please help me. <laughs> Please clarify this point. I just have yeah. a query. Yeah. My brain doesn't say what the yeah. book says. <laughs> um, speaking of things like that, again, in the first chapter, this is going to be a very, very long episode. Like, there are just wizards <laughs> out and about being obvious to muggles, yeah. talking to muggles, wearing violet cloaks, and, like, McGonagall remarks on it and thinks everybody's being super careless. And it's not because they're just celebrating, because in Chapter 2, Harry, like, recount, recalls all the strangers, all the strange people he sees, like, all the time. Are the strange people dressed as... Well, at one point, they're wearing violet cloaks, according right. to my notes. Well, that's silly. And so it's just a little bit confusing. Yeah. But I guess the whole, mm. like, kind of magical system has not yet been developed here in chapter one yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah they're not keeping it away from muggles yet because muggles don't exactly. exist yet yeah i just have one more note for the first chapter so i'm gonna go say that and then you can okay, go for cool. the rest of your notes great, for the great. first chapter um mr dursley chortles a lot chortle. and i really don't like the word chortle i think it's a great word it's an interesting word but i don't like it's so it. descriptive like you can immediately immediately imagine imagine it what did i just try and say immediately imagine someone chortling don't you reckon i think it perfectly suits yeah. him because i feel like vernon Dur- dursley mr dursley would chortle would. a lot and he does yes. chortle a lot, but I don't like it. Is it to do with, like, the way that one laughs? Like, kind of, like, big and loud, but also kind of, like... Yeah, I would, like... I don't know. I would similarise it. Summarise it? Um, no, um, I would think it would be similar to... Oh. Mm-hmm. That's a better phrasing of that. That's a better um, to, like, phrase. guffawing. Okay, Yep. Another weird <laughs> laughing term. That's true. There's a lot of laugh words. Yeah, like mm. like a really big chortly laugh. <laughs> yes, kind of like a, a ho 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 from Santa. Yes, yes. Like a, yeah. Santa's a very chortly person. Mm, mm. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, yes, I noticed yeah. he does it a lot, and it. And you're like, I don't like this word. I, it didn't really annoy me. It was just. It, it it bugged me that he only chortled. Ah, yes. No other type of laughing, just chortling. <laughs> yeah, or I just only notice mm, the chortling. That's true. Either way, that is it. That is my first chapter done. When Dumbledore and McGonagall go, like, come on the scene, it's noted that Dumbledore's mm-hmm. nose looks like it be- it's been broken. Yeah. How did Dumbledore break his nose? I don't know if it's actually been broken or if it just looks like it. Or is it like just it? looks like it's broken? Yeah, I think he's just got a very crookedy well, nose. this is what I'm wondering. Because there are other things about Dumbledore, like the supposed map of the London Underground on mm-hmm. his knee in scar form. 
Like, is that actually a thing? Or is you know, he just I wouldn't be silly? surprised if he had broken his nose from, like, his childhood with, like, Grindelwald and stuff. Like, he had a... Right? Like, Grindelwald just, like, yeah, getting like, angry at him, punching him in the face. He fell out of a tree. <laughs> or something like that on one of their adventures. That's true. Like, how yeah. many times has Harry broken his nose in the series? Like, at least once. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess yes, Malfoy did true. stand yeah. on it, so... I'm sure otherwise, yeah. too. Oh, poor Harry. Yeah. Um, also, on the Dumbledore vibe, lol at the name put outer. Just, it's so bad. Then the Deluminator... How far are you, are you through Potterless? I think I've heard him talk about that. And complain that it changes to the it Deluminator? T- yeah, it changes to like... the Deluminator. It's because some genius of a wizard was like, hey, this is a stupid-ass name. We better change it to something that is technically exactly the same thing. But just sounds way cooler. Also, Dumbledore talks about Sherbet Lemons right there at the beginning. And that's like a theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like his favourite sweet. It is his favourite sweet. And I love that. Um, and also, McGonagall had Harry's back like right at the beginning when she's like, Dumbledore, this is like not a great idea to leave him at mm-hmm. the Dursleys. You know, she's yeah. awesome right yeah. on page one. That's it. Chapter two. That's it? Yeah. What's McGonagall in that song in the first chapter? Yep, okay. Yep. Cool. Fancy That's seeing fine. you here, Professor McGonagall, page 13. Okay, okay. That's fine. We're going mm-hmm. chapter two. That's the vanishing glass, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I love it how Dudley is described as, as looking like a large pink beach ball in photographs. <laughs> that was definitely something. <laughs> I that love all the descriptions of It's just life. so funny. But then I feel like, do they, like, does she write less hilarious descriptions as the book goes on? Yes, because it gets darker it gets and less darker, funny. And teenagers aren't as funny as like eleven-year-olds who just say and it. And then, as it like, is. one of the two funniest wizards gets killed, and that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. Anyway. Anyway. I always forgot that Piers existed. Oh my gosh, that was one of my points as well. I was like, who? <laughs> a. Who the heck is this kid? And B. Does he, is he even in the rest of the series? Like, mentioned uh, at all? Yes, he is, because he's, um, he's in the start of, what's it called, uh, Order of the Phoenix, when, when they, they're in, they're like, the playground, the playground and playground. stuff. Yes, okay, yeah. that's what I thought. I was like, he must be in that scene, but I don't remember him being named. I think he's also, na- like, named in the book during that scene. Okay. But he's not in the movie. Yeah. But, yeah, I always forget he existed. Yep, no, me too. he's barely mentioned, and, Poor yeah. guy. I wonder if he thinks the whole situation is weird. Which situation? The whole Harry that situation. His, that his his best friend has this weird yeah. cousin that lives with them under the stairs yeah, and like is hated and Yeah. Do Dudley's friends ever come over? Yes. It's told they are. Yeah. So then are they like, yo, what's your cousin doing under the stairs? <laughs> Also, they're yeah. all incredibly undecent boys if they're not, like, telling their mothers about this kid who lives in the stairs, you know? Exactly. Well, they do sound like undecent boys, really. They do. If they're hanging out with Dudley. Yeah. They're the bullies as well. Yeah. He holds them behind their backs while Dudley punches them, so That's he can't be that true. nice. That's true. And to be honest, I don't think they'd want to get on the wrong side of Dudley. No. He grows to be quite big. Grows to grows be. To He's to a be. beach ball already. He is a beach ball already. <laughs> I think that's actually my only point for that chapter. Well, let me just continue then. How many <laughs> presents is too many presents? And also, just quick thing. So Dudley gets, amongst all his other things, a computer. What is this? Like 90... It's like the early 90s, right? 
Right. Yeah. Okay, so he gets a computer in the early 90s. Even if it was mid-90s, he gets a computer, a second TV. Both of those things are absolutely ginormous. And a racing bike, amongst all the other things. Like, those are the things listed. So the drill business must be going impeccably well. It must be, because Petunia doesn't work. Or they have, like, the biggest loan ever. Just to keep their beach ball child happy. But they'd have to do it every year. I know. This is what I'm wondering. I mean, no wonder he needs the second bedroom. Piers probably doesn't even question it. It's like, oh yeah, Harry's under the stairs because you've got your gigantic TVs in there. You've got your, yeah, and it, and it is a gigantic TV because it's the 90s. Yeah. Oh, I didn't think about it like that. Oh, man. And also, Vernon tells us on the next page that there's a new car. Is that a company car? Or did they just buy a new car? And where did that money come from? Do I need to go into the drill business? I feel like we should. <laughs> I feel like we're missing out on some like profitable definitely because income. in the second one, he who does he have over? Is it his manager or is he like clients he's trying to impress? Yeah, with the cake. Yeah, with the cake. Because if it's his boss, then surely he's not the manager. Therefore, he's not earning the big bucks. So then, how can he afford a new car, a second TV, a computer, and a racing bike? I don't know. I have a lot of questions for the British economy in the early 90s. Also, they have a tiny house for how much it pa- they apparently earn. Yeah, that was my other thought. Like, they have a three-bedroom, and there'll be small bedrooms. Yeah. Semi-detached. Is there a guest room? No. No? Where does Marge stay? I was just wondering that. Does <laughs> Harry get kicked out of the second bedroom? I don't know. I feel like there's a, a guest bedroom. I feel like it's a four-bed house. That's even ruder then that Harry was <laughs> under the stairs. Oh, yes. Like, like what a... Mm. Okay, moving swiftly along. <laughs> I have comments about the zoo. Have you been to London Zoo? Um. Wait, let me rephrase. Have you been to London Zoo post about 2002? I don't think so. Okay, because in the reptile house... At London Zoo, they have a little plaque thing on in the reptile house with a picture of Harry from the movies being like, this is the glass. Welcome. You're in movie scene. And it's very cool. And yes, I have a picture of it with myself. That's cool. No, I haven't been there obviously since that was there. About 2013 I was there. But I think the movie would have come out in like 2001 yeah, or something. Not. 2002. We should know this. Like yeah. Also, okay. Two more things. Yep. One thing about said snake, the snake says amigo as he mm-hmm. leaves, but the snake was bred in captivity at the zoo and he's never been to Brazil. How does the snake know Portuguese? Also, why does Harry's parcel tongue not translate amigo into English? Like, how does that whole thing work? Because it's Harry's parcel tongue that allow will allow him to hear what the snake says to him, right? So... Does it translate it into English, or does he just know what it's saying? Yeah, well, that's that's the like the whole thing. That's what I'm like confused about, because the snake said something in Portuguese in amongst his English, which is all just hissing, which Harry can understand via parcel tongue. I don't know. Anyway, I have <laughs> it's questions. A kid's book. I, I don't know. <laughs> My last point was a series of questions. We don't have to answer them. We can just leave them hanging. Why does Harry's hair grow back? Why does the sweater get smaller when Aunt Petunia tries to put it on Harry? 
How does he get on the roof? How does Harry get the glass, get rid of the glass at the snake enclosure? Like, is someone from the ministry checking up on him doing these accidental magical things without a wand? Or is it just like, oh, yep, there's a child wizard somewhere around here. Weird things might happen. Or is it just the fact that the magical elements of this series are very iffy in chapters one and two? <laughs> I have questions. We can move on. I think it's a combination of those things. Okay. Because I had more questions reading this book than I have ever had. Because <laughs> um, like later in the series, they have mentioned that wizard kids don't get like pulled up by the ministry because like they can't help it or like they're around other wizarding adults and stuff yes, and it's okay, not so that this is what i'm wondering mm-hmm. but harry's not around other wizarding people so that kind of crosses that out no he's not so i guess they just they know it's a kid unless like and that he can't- mrs fig from next door just like feeds information to the ministry being like yo Harry's just sorting out his hair business at the moment. Just ignore, like, whatever blip of information you're getting from this general area. Anyway. I guess technically they can't check up on every single bit of magic. So it's literally, if he's literally just growing his hair, they're not going to be like, oh no, send him to the ministry. Yes, okay, but the snake enclosure thing, that could be more problematic. That caused a situation. Like, what if he accidentally opened all the gates? all the doors, all the glass. <laughs> what if London Zoo got out into the streets of London and Harry's just like, it wasn't me. I don't well, know. Well, um, they'll have to put a thunderbird into the sky and make everybody obliviate like in Fantastic Beasts. <laughs> they'll have to. Anyway, moving swiftly along, or not so swiftly in this case, chapter three, take it away. Is this about the letters? It can be whatever you wanted to be because I've talked for a long time. I'm just checking this is the right chapter. Because yes, it is about the I haven't read- mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, my, fir- my first note for this is, Harry really is an idiot, isn't he? <laughs> oh, for sure, yes. Why not just put the letter in the cupboard and read it later so you can't be seen instead of flashing it about the breakfast table? Yes. Yes. And why not pick one up off the floor instead of trying to grab one from the sky? Right! I don't know, does he do that in the book? Because he definitely do that, does that in the movie and it pisses me off every single time. I'm like, buddy, just get one from the floor. It's so much easier. Yeah. I'm Kick like, one under the couch just, so they can't see it. Come back and get it later. Why are you, if you never get mail and you have this weird letter, wouldn't you want to open it in private because you know what your family yes. is like? You are, you are almost very nearly 11. You know. You know what your family is like. Silly boy. You're yeah. an idiot. Yeah. Harry Potter, yeah. the boy who was an idiot. He was very yes. much an idiot. Speaking of the letters, though, I noticed, like, the description, again with the descriptions, of the Hogwarts letter. It's, like, got emerald writing and a purple seal, which immediately makes me think of Emerald McGonagall and purpley Dumbledore. Dumbledore. So I'm like, well, that was fun. I don't know if that was intentional, but I quite like that. I love to imagine that McGonagall writes everything oh, yeah. in green. Definitely. That would be great. Yeah. How do the owls know where they are? One of my like, ultimate questions all the time. How, how did the newspaper the owl know Hagrid was on that little tiny little island out to sea? How? It's like they have like tracking devices Even if, in like, them somehow. It's like, this is where this human yeah. will be in 20 minutes. Please, Please dispose the... Newspaper here and then beg for money. Yeah. I don't understand. Because, like, I get it if it's like, please send this to the Weezy's Burrow 
It's like, yes, cool. I've yes, been there many I times. The I know where it is. I how 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 do they know if they're not? I in know, the and I have a comment about that later about Romania, but we'll come to that. But I totally agree <laughs> okay. with you, and I too get confused about the owls. Yeah, some things no. just don't make sense, and we're meant to just accept it, but sometimes <laughs> they question it, and that is basically me till Diagon Alley, so right. Uncle Vernon, like, squeezes through the door of the Under the Stairs cupboard. So I'm just thinking, there's quite a big cupboard for Under the Stairs, if Vernon can get into it. Because he's, he's not a small man. No, but it's like a normal door size. Well, this is what I always thought, because our cupboards Under the Stairs have always been small. Like, when we, live, when we lived in England, our cupboard Under the Stairs was, like half yeah. the height of me you know there was like definitely a crawling well, space rather than a whole cupboard that is our cupboard under the stairs and that's an actual oh, yeah. size door with just like the corner one. chopped off so like he could easily fit in our yeah. under skirt under- how big is your cupboard couldn't I you mean, put a mattress in there it's got a washer dryer in it <laughs> and a boiler but okay but if you took those it probably could out. if you if it was like the proper size of the under under stair cupboard because, like, we have the little bit here that's not yeah, the cupboard. Yeah. But if the it, little, that was like, all nook bit. the cupboard yeah. and there was nothing in there, they would easily get a full bed in there. Then you'd be able to. I guess it just depends how it's built. Also, okay, <laughs> two more things. I'm sorry. I have a lot of notes, but they kind of peter yep. out as the book goes on. So two more things. <laughs> Three more things. Dudley's second bedroom is hilarious in the fact that he has a second bedroom. Although, I was thinking about it today... To be fair, I kind of have a second bedroom, but mostly it's the spare room of which I have acquired most of the shelving for my overflow of books and also my recent discovery of sewing and therefore my new love of hoarding fabric. So I kind of get the whole thing having a second bedroom. Second point, no post on Sundays. Brilliant. Third point... They go everywhere to escape the owls. Like, a, a hotel, a forest, a bridge, a field, a car park, a coast where they finally set up yep. shop in, like, the shack on a rock. But not a lighthouse. I always thought it was a lighthouse. And so then I got confused with the book, and I was like, a shack? Do they do that in the movie? And so then I wasn't sure. I'm pretty sure. sure it's a shack. Okay, great. Moving on. <laughs> Diagonally. This is um, you. You're up. I'd give many, many things... Just to have an hour in Diagon Alley. Oh, I would give, like, we all? I will have a cursed life for the rest of my life. <laughs> Hold the phone. I've kind of been oh, to Diagon Alley. I mean, I've been to the, um, the Warner Brothers studio tour version of it. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Is that, no, no, is that, is that Diagon Alley or is that, uh, is that Diagon Alley. Yeah, because it's got Gringotts. It is Diagon Alley? Okay. Oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Sorry, as you were, going. Um, that was just my comment. And... What shop would you like to go in first? Flourish and Blots, um, the bookstore, but also the candy store. Is there a candy store in Diagon Alley? The can- no, no, that's in Hogsmeade. Um, I kind of would like to go into Gringotts just because mm-hmm. I think it would be amazing. Also, goblins <laughs> are really funny looking, so that'd be fun. I'd like to go in the pet shop Ooh, and like yeah. the, um, the, the, the shop that had all, all the potion ingredients that has like all the all oh, that yes. fun stuff. I have a comment about that as well. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's my only Diagon Alley comment. Like, I keep these okay. short. Yeah. Okay. So, but on that potion ingredients yeah. shop comment. So, Harry and Hagrid and presumably all the other first years and all the other students who have run out of their supplies 
who go to Diagon Alley and they get all their supplies mm-hmm. for their school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they've got the list. And they need things like scales and cauldrons yep. and stuff. But you never see them lugging them to class. So my question is, do they all just go in the magical trunks that just must fit everything? Like, because a cauldron's quite yeah. big. Even if, it's a, even if it's a little cauldron, it's going to be heavy, right? Because it has to be pewter or whatever. Yeah. Right. So even if they magically yeah. get to their bedrooms at Hogwarts, never mind the fact that the trunks are on the train with them, where they're supposed to put a cauldron and some scales and all their potion ingredients and all their books and all their clothes. <laughs> anyway, and but from the bedroom, get them to potions class. You never see people lugging them around. I feel like they're stored down in the so dungeons. So therefore, do they just kind of appear? Yeah, or well, that's my other thing. Like, are they stored somewhere in the dungeons? And again... Do they just magically appear there? Or do the house elves, like, shuffle them around in back alleyways that we don't like know Stan about? I feel like Stan probably just, like, waves his wand and they all suddenly appear. And they all just appear. But they have to appear for the right students at yeah. the right time. You're, because not all the students no, are doing potions no, at the same time. No, you're thinking time. too much about it. I know. I'm very sorry. I think the only thing they really carry around are books and, like, quills and stuff. They don't really carry anything else. Yeah, but again, like, why... If, if you could magic things... From your bedroom store to your classroom, why would you even bother carrying your books? So I don't think they can. I have questions. I think the tutor has so. to do it because know. they're so much better at wizarding. <laughs> I just, I really want to, like, in the movies, just see some kid in the background just lugging a cauldron. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what I want to see. Yeah. How do I get in touch with the wizarding world for, like, Fantastic Beasts 3? Yep. Like, just show me someone lugging a cauldron. <laughs> I'll be happy. Also... Ollivanders, because we're still in yep, Diagon Alley, yep. right? Is this in the same one or is it in the next chapter? Uh, I don't know, but we're still in Diagon Alley. My next comment, um, we haven't, we've got to um, platform nine and three quarters, so. Great. Ollivanders, there's no, like, measuring in the movie version. Like, in Ollivanders in the book, he, like, measures yep. Harry and, like, gets all the, all the details. And he, like, gets, like, right up in Harry's grill and, like, measures him. And he's like, yeah, this one. And then it's obviously weird. But that seems weird to have to measure anyway. Especially if the wand chooses the wizard. Shouldn't the wand just know that this person's the right size? I wonder how long it takes Ollivander to do it like an average person. Yeah. Like, if he's just picking out random wands that feels right and then tries them out. Like, imagine if you have to go through, like, 20 wands. Like, per person. Per, per person. Like, 20 like, people as well. Yeah, yeah, like, like you've been here a, a while. That's a ones. Also, why wasn't nobody else in Ollivander's? Like, it's quite close to school time, right? Yeah. I was... guess once you've got your wand, you don't need another one unless something drastic happens. Yeah, and a lot of pe- some people do, like, hand them down to their kids and stuff. Yes, or their brothers, because Ron has Charlie's wand. Yeah. Also, what is Charlie doing without his wand? That is my other question! <laughs> I have so many questions about this book. I don't know if this was a sensible idea for us to record this because I have too many questions and we're only up to like chapter four. Also, one more comment in Diagon Alley and then we can move on to the train station. Hedwig. Mm -hmm. We all love Hedwig. Mm -hmm. Let's not speak about the sad times that are ahead for Hedwig. But Harry names her Hedwig after he reads a name in A History of Magic. Magic. Yeah. But who is Hedwig? The person. 
does that name come back as a person later? I, I think it does. Pickwick, the person. I'm going to quickly Google it because I'm pretty sure it does. Saint Hedwig was a medieval witch or wizard. That's all. That's, that's it. All Saint it Hedwig. Yeah, that's it. It's only mentioned in the first book. See? This is my question. I want to know more. Out of all the names, why did he pick that one? Hedwig. Yeah, it's an interesting name to choose. Saint Hedwig. I'm going to Google that now. Were you a real person? There is an actual Saint Hedwig, which is the patron saint of Silesia. Probably pronounced that wrong, but uh, yes. So, sure, sure. Um, It's a region of Eastern Europe, apparently. So basically, at the moment, we're none the wiser. I don't think that's the same person, but... Anyway, and so completes our Diagonelli chapter... Off you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I am um, on to my first of many excellent, perfect quotes from the Weasley twins. Good. I'm here for it. Which is the conversation about the toilet. Yes, always. <laughs> so, blown up toilets? We've never blown up a toilet. Great idea, though. Thanks, Thanks Mum. Mum. <laughs> Don't worry, Jenny. We'll send you a toilet seat. <laughs> and then later and then- they do. Like, they they send Harry a toilet. Uh, tried to send Harry a toilet seat. It's just so funny. I forget. I forget the really good quotes. Yeah. from the Weezy Twins every time, and then when I come across them, it's like yes, genius, excellent, <laughs> excellent. Uh, like, write that down. Remember that because <laughs> that was um I can't remember what Ron had done or something, and then the Weezys were like. What are we next door neighbors yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it's like he was like the first of the family yeah, or something. Yeah, what are we next door like, neighbors? Yeah, I was like yes. <laughs> and then um, Percy wouldn't recognize a joke if it was dancing in front of him wearing Dobby's tea jersey. Yes. <laughs> just great one-liners. Oh, it just so makes me love them so good. much. I love them. Ah, oh, so good, so, so good. Just rereading it makes me realize how much I love them, and they're like my favorite characters. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, I love it also how Fred and George are the first ones who f- to figure out who Harry is. Yeah. Which I think is brilliant. I also love that the fact that they didn't like yell it at him. I know. Like, oh yeah. my god, you're Harry Potter! They were just like, oh yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey mum, guess who's on the train? Harry yeah. Potter. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of the mum, dear Molly, we love Molly. So we first meet the Weasley family when Harry is wandering about King's Cross Station trying to find the platform. Yeah. Um, and he hears Mrs. Weasley ask what platform they're supposed to be looking for, like as a family group. And then Harry's all good because he follows them and they find the platform and etc. etc. They get there. But what I want to know is another question for you, JK. Is why did Mrs. Weasley need to ask what platform they were after? Okay, just just just, just think about it. Because I think she was doing it as a kind of like inclusion fun thing for Ginny kind of thing. But maybe, but also, this is Ron's first year, right? Yeah. Which means Bill, Charlie, Percy, and Fred and George have all been to Hogwarts for their first time. So that's four different times if George and Fred go together. Which means that's four times already that Molly's had to drop the kids off and then also countless years prior to that, just dropping the kids off every year. Yeah. And then presumably Ginny would just go with them. I don't know. I guess it dep- It depends. Um, but as we know, she gets really upset about it that she doesn't get to go. So I think if I were Molly, Weasley I would be just, just trying like, to distract yeah. her as much as possible. Yeah. She's just like, now, Ginny, can you tell me? Yeah. 
It's your turn next year. Don't and worry. What's the train called? Yeah. It's the Hogwarts Express. Oh my gosh. So cute. Yeah. But I was like, surely you would know, Molly. You've done this probably like nine times already. But obviously she was just setting the scene so Harry could overhear her. Clearly. And if she hadn't have done that, then he just would have like not got on the train. Yeah. What would happen if he didn't get on the train? Would someone come and find him? I guess so. And who? And but would that... it be Hagrid? Because they get off the train. I've moved on too quickly and we're going to circle back to on the train. But when they get off the train, they're like, Hagrid's like, oh, Harry, great. And then he gathers all the first years. If Harry hadn't have been there, would Hagrid have just been like dropped his responsibilities, headed back to London to try and find Harry? Or would they send an owl? Because the owls know where he is. I mean, technically, he can't apparate because he doesn't use magic. So he would have to go... He'd have to get back on the train. <laughs> he would either have to get back on the train or he'd go across to Dumbledore and explain it and then get Dumbledore to do and it. And go and find Harry. Like, to, to and then like, zap him back um, in. send him to go find him kind of thing. Even though you can't apparate inside and outside of Hogwarts. Oh, we all know Dumbledore can. Except for Dumbledore. And I'm sure if you have Dumbledore's permission, you can as well. You can, yeah. Like yeah. how he totally let the... Death Eaters in. Yes. Knowingly. Like, no one gets into Hogwarts without him knowing about it. Yeah. Anyway, on the train. <laughs> on the train. Anything from the trolley? I love that bit. I just, I just love this section. It's just all the sweets <laughs> and all the descriptions. And I just... It's your favourite thing. <laughs> I just, I just love how she describes them all. Even down to, like, the yes. flavours of the Birdie Bot's beans. I wish I had the page number so I could, like, read it out. I'm going to try and find it. Oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. Ha- uh, they had a good time eating the a- every flavour beans. Harry got toast, coconut, baked bean, strawberry, curry, grass coffee, sardine, and was even brave enough to nibble on the end of a funny grey one Ron-, Ron wouldn't touch, which turned out to be pepper. You didn't have to list them all, but it's so <laughs> it's good. So good. It's so good. Just knowing all the weird flavours. Uh, yeah. When they say every flavour, they mean every flavour. Like, so good. Spinach, liver, tripe, a bogey yeah. flavoured one. So good. I just love it. Um, The whole chocolate frog thing. Yeah. So the lady comes around and Ron's like, I've got my mm-hmm. sandwiches. I'm fine because he doesn't have any money because he's from a big family. And then Harry's like, it's all right. I'll just get mm-hmm. pretty much all of it. Including chocolate frogs. Fantastic. Also, quick sidebar. Is it that wise to fill children up on sugar, like a lot of sugar, right before they need to be in like a serious situation getting sorted? I mean, it's a train snack. You're not meant to buy the whole trolley. That's true, Harry. Well done. You're probably okay. going to get like a couple of nuts to have, buy a chocolate bar or something. Or nothing if you're Ron because you got your sandwiches. Yeah. But Ron says that he's got a load of chocolate frog cards, right? Yeah. Like, a load. Now, mm. he says, like, 500. Now, is he exaggerating, or does he have upwards of that many cards? And if he does, how much are chocolate frogs? Because if they're, like, super cheap, then I get it, and he's spending his small amount of pocket money on chocolate frogs. But if they're, like, a normal sort of price, how does he get so many chocolate frogs? Why does he have so many cards? I say he's slightly exaggerating. I would say so. But even if he's got, like, a whole bunch... I'd say he still has a fair amount. Yeah. And I'd say that they're not that cheap 
either. But this is what I think. So then I'm wondering, like, do people just give him chocolate frogs? And also, like, maybe they just give him the cards. How do I get given chocolate frogs? Because, like, um, maybe. Because, like, Neville gave Harry his card because he doesn't collect. He was like, oh, I know you collect them. Do you want the card? So maybe, like, oh, yeah, his family yeah. and friends just, just give, give him, him the cards because the they know they collect them. Hence. Hence why he's got, like, seven of Dumbledore yeah. already. Because people just given them... Give yeah, them to maybe. Him. Mm. That's a good thought. That's a good thought. Also, on Dumbledore's card, which Harry reads out in the in the train, because it's one he gets, um, it says that Dumbledore likes chamber music and ten-pin bowling, and I literally can't recall that ever being brought up again, ever. And also, can you imagine Dumbledore going ten-pin bowling? Hilarious imagery. Wait. Hilarious. I can't remember if this is actually in the book or if it's just in the Game Boy game. Oh, yes. <laughs> but in the second book for Nearly Headless Nick's Death Day Party, mm-hmm. when Harry, Ron and Hermione go, yeah. do they play ten-pin bowling? Oh, I don't know. I don't recall With, like, that the at heads? all. With, like, the heads? <gasps> yes, maybe. Because that's exactly what it reminds me of whenever I read it. I'm like, oh, I imagine that they're in, like, the chamber. It's the, it's the chamber of secrets. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, this yeah. party with music and there's tempered bowling. It just reminds me of that. And I, I can't remember if it actually happens or if it was just because I played that scene a lot in the Game Boy game. Maybe. Because that was the only yeah, Harry Potter know, one maybe. I had on the Game Boy. <laughs> anyway. Enough with my big questions of life. <laughs> Um, before that, I have one before the sorting hat. Oh, yeah? Um, it's about them getting dressed. Yes. And it says Ron wears trainers. And I assume that they would have black leather school shoes. But it doesn't say anything about that. It says he's wearing trainers. Yeah. And, like, I just can't imagine them wearing black fancy robes. And then he's got trainers on. Also, are they hand-me-down robes as well? Yeah. Which means they probably don't fit him very well. No, right. they're like too short, so they're he has short. ankles, so he's got socks, ankles and, trainers. and trainers. Yeah, and they're probably like white ones as well, right? I mean, they're probably battered and old, but probably. Like in the movie, they definitely have black school shoes, but it mm. doesn't. It's, he says he was wearing trainers, so I don't know. Why? Well, and know I also either. like it doesn't mention anything about a uniform underneath the robes. Yes, but they do. Which I know, have obviously, one. does have one in the movies. Yes, because they wear like I jerseys. I don't and understand stuff if they do. As well. Yeah, they have like a school uniform and then they have the robes over the top. I should stop eating. Uh, so what are you already snacking on? I just like little snack oh, nice. things. And a um, Piaco yogurt I'm container. I'm trying to suck them so I'm not like so crunchy, yeah. but then I'm like stuck with them in my mouth. Um, so yeah, like they don't mention they have anything under their robes. I'm like, do they have anything under their robes? I would assume so. Do they just Is wear it, like regular clothes under their robes? That's why wearing trainers, maybe? Yeah. And then... I'm but like, then Hermione says that she's like they should change, but changing implies like stripping and putting more clothes on. But if they're just putting their robes over the top of their clothes, also, if they are actually stripping and putting proper clothes on, how is that happening on a train where everybody can see into a carriage? Yes, just just casually. Hey, I just met you, but I'm gonna strip down to my undies right <laughs> that now. That is not a Carly Rae Jepsen song either. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> And like the girls, yeah. Do they? I've, they're in like peak time. Like so this many is gonna questions. be awkward time for them. So many questions. You're meeting new people. You don't want to be stripping down. But I guess some of them have already arrived on the train in their robes, right? But most of them but don't. Most of them haven't. Needless to know. say, there are it questions. Just... Oh, so many questions. 
Yep, yep. I, you can come to the sorting hat. Um, my comments on the sorting hat are mini. Are mini. <laughs> I have two. Okay, well maybe you can go first. <laughs> when you were reading the books, mm. before you got properly sorted, what house did you think you were? Um, I probably thought I was Gryffindor, mostly because... I would have been, like, wanted to be whatever Harry and Ron and Hermione were. Mm-hmm. And then, um, listeners, you can go back and listen to our first Harry Potter episode where we chat about our houses more. But I did the Pottermore quiz and got Gryffindor, lost my password, it was a whole drama, Did had to re- recreate an account and did it again, and I was Hufflepuff. So then, obviously, I had an identity crisis. And then we did that thing <laughs> where we did all the houses... Yeah. In the same quiz, and then it gives you a percentage of what houses house you're in, and then it was like seventy seven percent Gryffindor, seventy seven percent Hufflepuff, seventy two percent Ravenclaw, and then like fourteen percent Slytherin or something like that. So big identity yeah. crisis. But at the time when I first read them, I probably was just like, I'm a Gryffindor. When in reality, I just wanted to be like Harry. Yeah, I think the entire time. I was like, oh, I'm totally a Ravenclaw. Oh, really? I like books yeah. and things like that. I'm, I'm totally a Ravenclaw. And then I did the Pottermore quiz and I got Hufflepuff and I'm like, nah, actually, yeah, I am a Hufflepuff. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Pottermore. You know me better than I know myself. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, I am not a Ravenclaw. I am definitely a Hufflepuff. <laughs> like, my life makes sense now. Yeah. I found my identity. Life-changing news. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so funny. I just really wanted to be a Ravenclaw, and then turns out I'm not a Ravenclaw. You were a Hufflepuff I'm, the whole time. I'm a Hufflepuff. Forever a Hufflepuff. What was your other thought? Um, My other thought was, who are all these first years that are mentioned and never mentioned again? Oh my gosh, which brings me to my point. We have Mandel- Mandy Brocklehurst, mm-hmm. Morag McDougall, mm-hmm. Sally Ann Perks... Who are these people? I can tell you if you like. Sure! I've done some research. Okay, so my biggest thing was exactly this. About the first years getting sorted. But first of all, the Slytherins have horrible names. Like Millicent and Vincent Crab and Goyle. Like, they're doomed from the beginning. But moving quickly along. Pansy's a cute name. Pansy's a cute name. That's true. Malfoy. Um, So I spent way too long trying to figure out all the houses for the first years. Because in my mind, for some reason, there were five boys and five girls in all the houses at every year. And I think there was a list that Rowling had like written. And originally there were five for each of the four houses. But then that doesn't quite add up with um the Sorting Hat chapter. Yeah. And where students go and things like that. But... Here's a breakdown after my research of all the houses and all their first years, because I know you're just dying to know these things and it's important to, you know, life. Um, some of these were not listed in the first book and read out by the Sorting Hat, but are now, like, common knowledge yeah. that we know about um, post the series being finished. And, yes, Googling on my part. So in Gryffindor, in the boys, we have Harry, Ron, Neville, Seamus, Dean. Yeah. That's five. Then Gryffindor, we've got Hermione, Lavender, and Pavati. That's only three. Hufflepuff, we've got Hannah Abbott, Susan Bones, and another girl called Megan Jones, which Google told yeah. me. Um, in the boys, we've got Justin Finchfletchie, Wayne Hopkins, Ernie McMillan, Anthony Goldstein. Um, and the last three, other than Justin, aren't mentioned in this chapter. Yeah. But they kind of appear later. In Ravenclaw, we've got Terry Boot. 
And then Mandy Brocklehurst, Padma Patel, Lisa Chirpin, and Morag McDougall. Then Slytherin, Draco Crab Goyle, Blaze Zambini, and Theodore Knott. And the girls, Daphne Greengrass, Millicent Bolstrode, and Pansy Parkinson. And there's a couple of more who I think they've added for the movies. Yeah. The other two that are listed in this Sorting Hat chapter are a no-name student, Moon, who I can't figure out, <laughs> and Sally Ann Perks. Okay, now Sally Ann Perks is a mystery in herself, and she may be the biggest mystery. <laughs> and I had to do some research. And one article I said, uh, read said, we don't even know what house she was in, although Harry Potter Wikia excludes Ravenclaw on the account of the fact that J.K. Rowling's original list of 40 students had five boys and five girls for each house, and all five Ravenclaw girls were known, so Sally Ann must have filled one of the open spots in the other three houses. But... In this sorting hat ceremony, she comes before Potter in the list, but also when they're talking about their owls in fifth year, she's skipped completely when the list is read out by Flitwick. So basically there's this mystery surrounding Sally Ann Perks, and there's ideas that she could have been expelled or was in no condition to sit her exams in fifth year. Someone actually failed out! Yeah, um, she transferred, she failed out, or she died... And the link, I'll link the article that I was reading below, but basically we don't know what house she was in and we don't really know what happened to Sally Ann Perks. And it's a mystery that I've never thought about before until this reread. But back to my original thoughts, which is about the first years, um, I could only find one listing for a male Ravenclaw and that was Terry Boot. I mean, there probably are more, but I haven't. So if anybody knows, let me know. But I want to know if for some reason... There was only one or two students in first year and therefore consequently moving up their years by themselves if there were no transfers from other schools, which I don't know if that happens or not. Did they get their own rooms? And if so, poor Harry and Ron having to share a room with three other boys, teenage boys, for like seven years... And they're like, Terry Boot could be rocking his own bedroom for seven years, you know? Like, I don't, is that unfair? I don't know. Like, Neville, Neville dances, Seamus blows stuff up. I think I saw, I think I read something about this. Dean dates Ron's sister. Like, you wouldn't want to live in that kind of close, confining space with all those boys. Basically, I have a lot of thoughts about this chapter, <laughs> and I have to stop talking. I think I read... Because someone asked us that mm. same question, and I think people said that they would go in with like the old, like the year above. Okay, kind so of they thing. kind of mix and match them a little bit. Yeah, so like we always assume that there's five girls and five exactly. boys because Harry's exactly. has five. Yeah, but they're not, and I guess if there are like two of them and like three in the year above, then they just kind of exactly. smush them together. But it depends on the room because technically the Gryffindor Tower is big enough for five beds. But we don't know no, what we the don't. other ones are like. They could have, like, just a gigantic girl's dormitory, which is literally all the girls in Ravenclaw. That would be horrible, wouldn't it? That would be horrible. <laughs> yeah, that's like a lot of boarding school things. I'm just picturing all the Slytherins in the dungeons with bunk beds. Yeah. That's now Malfoy what I want to happen. brooding on the bottom. Can you imagine Draco sharing a... <laughs> Vincent on the... Yeah. Vincent Crab, like, <laughs> snoring <laughs> on the top. <laughs> but like caving in the bunk so like Draco is like squashed in there I'm imagining it like a, um, a Sully and Mike Wazowski kind of thing yes that's the situation yeah that is so funny yeah but Sally Ann Perks 
Oh my goodness. If anybody has any more information about her. She's my new her, favorite character. Let me know. She's a mystery. She's... Pff, who even knows what happened to her? Oh my god, the feasts. Imagine. Oh, Like, do they word. have feasts every night? Or is it just like a fancy feast is on the special occasions and you have like just regular dinner on and then what's a regular dinner in the wizarding world who knows is a regular dinner still like five different types of meat and yeah because it's like sharing stuff it's not like you get like a plate each no it's like a whole like buffet yeah and you know how in like book five and like spew happens yeah do the house elves make all the food yes or does it they do yes so then all the leftover food, does that go back to the house elves? Yes. They magic it Do back they down. get to eat that? Yeah, but then what do they do with that food? Chuck it out. Magic it away. Do they have Hogwarts pigs? I think they just magic it away. Because technically you can't recreate food with magic. Like, you can't create food with magic. That's one of the rules of magic. But you could probably just clear it away and mm. just get rid of it. Like, just, like, yeah. disappear it. Or give it to the lake squid. Oh yeah, that's their version of us on a pig. Dump it into the lake. Yeah, <laughs> we don't have a flock of pigs. We've got a squid. Is it a flock of pigs? It's not a flock of pigs, but I like to say flock for most things, so I don't have to think about what the actual collective noun is called. A flock of squids. Flock of people. Flock of cows. Flock of pigs. Flock of camels. Flock of house elves. You know. Yep. It could be a flock of Ravenclaws. That, that works. works. Yeah. Or a flock of griffins, because they've got wings. They do. They do. Anyway, the squid, squid might eat the food. Maybe. I don't know. I never thought that I was going to have this many questions. Well, still got three pages to go. Three and a half pages to go. Oh, that's good. My next is the mountain troll. So if you've got anything between um, beginning of year feast and Halloween, go for it. Um, I have one comment about um, Midnight Jewel chapter. Which is when um, they learn about Quidditch for the first time. Which is all very exciting. And poor Neville is, like, bullied about his life. Um, yeah. And Draco gets all sassy and flies off. And Harry's like, whatever. How does he never get all sassy? I got you. Yeah. Um, and then McGonagall's like, Harry. And then, <laughs> then she takes him to see Wood. And Harry wonders if wood is some sort of, like, punishment device. And I just love yeah. that whole scene of, like, Harry's inner thoughts being like, wood? What is wood? Like, what have I got myself into? I only, like... Is it, like, the cane? Yeah, is it, like, the cane? Is this gonna hurt? What's happening? And then it's just, you know, it's just Oliver Wood. It was <laughs> awesome, and I wish was in the series more. Yeah. That was my only comment about that. Okay, that's good. Cool. We, we are going quickly now. That's good. I know, yeah. We're halfway through. <gasps> Amazing. Dun, 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 dun. Have you reread Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone recently? Did you have as many questions as we did? Stay tuned for part two later on in this season, where we continue flicking our way through the book and bringing up all kinds of queries. In the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at Rants and Reviews, or see what pretty books we're posting on Instagram at Rants and Reviews Pod. Until next time, happy reading.